What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Hardwood Knox Podcast. I am Dan Favalli coming at you with my Super duper, incredible, awesome times, awesome, fantabulous, spectaculario. Cannot wait to pay age 33 season Rudy Gobert $56.3 million co-host Andrew D. Bailey. Before we get started today, maybe you could have told by that intro, we're going to get into some all-NBA fallout, uh, snubs, basically supermax contract extensions, just a lot of implications from what was happening. However, we begin with my usual pleas. If you have not... Please go to iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, uh, leave us a review. We've seen some stagnancy in those comment sections, and we'd really love to see more more feedback from you guys. We also like to see the ratings go up. We are so close to the 200 ratings mark, so please get us up there. We know that there are way more, way, way, way more people listening to this podcast. It surprises us every time. Please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to us. We can be found wherever else you are consuming your audio content, Spotify, Google Play, Art19, the whole shebang. But again, iTunes is the best way to help us out and let us know that you're out there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Dan Favale. That's F-A-V-A-L-E. Andy is at Andrew D. Bailey, spelled exactly like it sounds. No curveballs there. Follow the show at Hardwood Knox. And if you've not done so already... Make sure you're checking out the Blue Wire Podcast Network in all its glory. Fantastic NBA content there. They have the they have a ton of localized team content. The Chase Down Podcast, which covers the Cavs. The Timeline Podcast, covering the Suns. Light Years covers the Warriors. Blue Wire Buckets has really been dissecting the NBA playoffs in great, riveting fashion three times a week. You can follow Blue Wire at Blue Wire Pods, and again, check out uh, all their other podcasts. They do great stuff across NFL, and they're going to be continuing to expand. Uh, now that we've gotten through all those housekeeping notes and my typical begging, we ask the most pressing question of all time. Andrew, <laughs> how are you doing? Of all time, huh? Um, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm ready to talk about these all nba teams i feel like the voters actually did a decent job this year i mostly agree with you i yeah i mean you're you're there's always going to be things you can quibble over um there's probably nothing that you can get big mad about but yeah i don't think there is this is one of the years though where i can actually talk myself into getting big mad about something (laughs) and which one are you big mad about the Lack of consistency when you look at the third team selections. I know there's no clear-cut criteria, but and everyone has their own personal preferences, so maybe this divisiveness is a good part of the NBA selections, but I look at the Russell Westbrook um, and Kemba Walker picks. They seem to just be from two different walks of the NBA, where Westbrook, yes, he averaged a triple-double, did not have anywhere near his best season, are we rewarding him because the Thunder were pretty good, uh, even though they weren't very good when he played without Paul George? Anyway, though, and then you have Kemba Walker, who came from a pretty crappy NBA team, but he was so good and, and stood out, really began the year on a tear, that he gets the nod. One or the other. And so by that logic, if you're going to pick Kemba Walker, Bradley Beal should be the other. And then if you're going to pick Russell Westbrook, uh, Kemba Walker should be booted and Clay Thompson should be the other. That's just where I'm at. At this point. And of course, the other thing I could get big mad about is we need to just uh, remove the, the contract incentives that are now tied to these all NBA teams. That I totally agree with. Um, 
the fact that it's costing guys tens of millions of dollars is ridiculous. It, that that should not be in the hands of completely subjective voters, especially if some of them do things like I, I know these are different awards, but didn't Kyrie Irving get an All Defense vote? Marvin Bagley um, got an All NBA vote. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Wow. It, yeah, I mean, if <laughs> you shouldn't, I, I don't want to punish the entire group for the actions of a few, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it a hundred percent is, and. At the same time, we know for a fact the media members don't want this responsibility ascribed to the process, and the players' union and the league need to just collectively bargain a, a different way to do this. Then, yeah, I'm be, sure that'll be out at the next agreement. Yeah, it, it has to be at this point, and so, or you have to establish just some clear-cut criteria. But they've never done that with the MVP award or anything else, so I don't know why they would do that with all NBA. It probably could help to be. Like, let's just pick the 15 best players, period, and get rid of positions. That's something else that they could consider. Yeah. The only one that I'm a little... I mean, I honestly... I was kind of surprised at myself that I didn't really mind Westbrook being there. Um, I, I get that he'll shoot you out of some games, and he's certainly done that in the playoffs the last few years, but his regular season numbers... Um, I, you know, I know the shooting percentages are ridiculously bad, but there's just something about the relentlessness with which he plays. Um, the total volume of the numbers that he put up puts up still blow my mind. I, I like I always think even five or six years ago, I didn't think anybody would ever do what he's done for three straight seasons now. When I was a little kid, I remember loving Jason Kidd just because he got a few triple doubles in his rookie season. And I remember the triple double burger at McDonald's. Um, <laughs> like there, there's some Maybe it's just like a bit of nostalgia and triple doubles with me, but there's just something about that. It, the, the the sheer uh, number of counting stats that he's accumulated over the last few years is just mind-boggling to me. And I was looking this up, and obviously it has a lot to do with his backup, um, but it, when I was just sort of looking into Russell Westbrook yesterday, his net rating swing this season was plus six, but in each of the three seasons before this one, it was over plus 12. Um, To me, I think he's still a player that helps you, even if his ultra competitiveness ends up hurting you by the time you get to the playoffs every year. Um, Did you see the poll that I put up on him yesterday when this stuff was announced too? Uh, I did not. I just asked simply, do you think Russell Westbrook is one of the six best guards in the NBA? What do you think the poll said? No. Yeah, 61% said no. Um, and I, I actually think I probably agree with that. I, I think I could come up with six guards that I would rather have than Russell Westbrook. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not really upset with him making the third team. I think there's a decent case for it. Kimball Walker, I think there's a case for him too. Um, but I, like you said, if you're going to reward a losing team, maybe Mike Conley deserves a look. Um, if, if you're going to reward winning, like you did with Russell Westbrook, I think there's maybe a small case for Eric Bledsoe. I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he was in the regular season just because of how terrible he's been in this series. Um, but I, you know, I, I honestly can't really get that mad about Kimball Walker either. This is a year that honestly, like most times that there's something I'm just like raging over as soon as this stuff is announced. But this year I'm, I'm mostly okay with it. I think they got the first team, uh, right on. Yeah, it's it's just – there's nothing to truly harp on, but I still come back to I would have put Beal on the team no matter what, even going by the inconsistent guidelines or lack thereof in its entirety. He was just a monster. The Wizards played yeah. their opponents almost to an even net rating after uh, John Wall's injury when he was on the court. And when you look at the supporting cast he had around him, the turnover that came, that's no small uh, feat. And then this was – Incredible to me. He's the 11th player now in NBA history to average at least 25 points, five assists per game, five rebounds per game, with a true shooting percentage better than 58. The only other 10 players to do this are Atentacumpo, Barkley, Bird, Steph, KD, Alex English, Harden, LeBron, MJ, and Oscar Robinson. And just looking at that season, I can't penalize him for the Wizards winning only 32 games. And I think there's a case to be made for Walker or Westbrook. The Conley one was a was a really good point. 
I would just have put Beal in over any one of them. Like, removing my whole feelings about the, um, do we go with, you know, do we reward winning or we don't. I would have put objectively Beal in over Walker or Westbrook. Probably would have preferred to remove Westbrook just because uh, the Thunder's net rating when he played without Paul George, minus 5.4. And it's not, some of it's a matter of personnel, but if you filter that to include the minutes he played with Steven Adams and Jeremy Grant, Without Paul George, the Thunder were still a minus 4.7 points per 100 possessions. And I, you know, I get it. The counting stat cachet is just still there. I think Beal was just objectively better, at least as valuable, if not more so, than Westbrook and, and right up there with with Kemba Walker. I, didn't, I couldn't get mad about anything else, though. I don't think there was a forward snub. Um, the only thing that I think people can point to is LeBron getting the nod when he played only 55 games. My my threefold argument against that is, one, Stephen Curry made 13 last year uh, while playing only 51 games. So this isn't something that's unprecedented in, in recent memory. It, it's happened before. Two, LeBron, while he coasted on defense, hibernated on defense even for 99% of the year, he still averaged 27, 8, and 8, and he's yeah. burying ridiculous step-back threes for the first part of the season. And the Lakers had the West's fifth best Nets rating at the time of his groin injury and were in contention for a top three playoff seed. And then finally, if it's not him, who is it? Gallo, Siakam, Luka, Aldridge. That's fine. I just, to pick either one of them over LeBron, it would have been tough for me. Yeah, I'm fine with LeBron too. Um if you pick the teams by the average ranking thing that I do, he's actually second team. So having him third team was not an issue to me. And the fact that he still held on to second team despite missing almost 30 games of the counting stats is uh, – he was ridiculous while he was playing. Um, so I, I have no issues with him being there either. I, I think there are cases for the guys that you just mentioned. Um, Siakam had a ridiculous season. I actually he's think Daniel Gallinari – among anyone uh, yeah, I think LeBron. he's probably the strongest. If I had to boot LeBron, if there was like a games qualifier, then I, that would probably be my pick. But I think Gallinari has an interesting case too. I think most people kind of facilitated between um, or vacillated between Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, even Montrezl Harrell for the Clippers' best player this season. But I think you could argue that it was Gallinari the entire time. Um, he, he was very, very good. Uh, back to your point about Beal, I think if I think I, I would absolutely have no problem if he had made it. I think I would probably boot Walker if that was um, what it came down to. The other thing that was a lot of people talked about was Jokic or Embiid, and I I think most people will be stunned to hear that I would have taken Jokic first. But I'm wondering where you are on that one. Yeah, I would have. It would have been Jokic for me too. If there's if Embiid had a case for first team. It would have been if he played even more. But he missed 18 games. And again, LeBron made 13, 55, whatever. But Jokic was just absolutely spectacular this season. He was third on my MVP ballot. ballot so I'm not about to leave him off the the first team. What was more interesting to me, and I, I think they got it right by picking Rudy Gobert, but I also think there's a case to say that Gobert or, or Towns was more like a lateral choice. I think that one's pretty clearly Gobert. You, another one that you'll be stunned to hear. <laughs> the best player on a fifty-win team, and, and maybe the best defender uh, of the last over the last like five years. I know a lot of people will push back on me on that with Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard, understandably, but um, he, he's he's ridiculous. The impact that he's had on Utah's culture and winning over the last four or five seasons. I feel like. Um, and I'm I'm coming into this with biases that most people know, but I think he was an obvious one for me. I, I think they got it right. I just think Towns' case was super strong. He was an absolute monster on the offensive end this year. He shot 40% from three on more than 350 attempts. And then the thing I looked up when this came out, there have been 49 seasons where an NBA player has cleared 24 points, 12 rebounds, and three assists per game. Towns' true shooting percentage is fourth among that group, and he's only behind Barkley, Atentacupo, and Will Chamberlain. Which Not shout bad. out to Giannis for I always forget that he grabbed so many rebounds this year. Twelve point five. Yeah, his his rebounding numbers were insane for sure. 
You want to hear a fun uh, tweet about the Rudy Gobert thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins, it's very disturbing to me that Rudy Gobert made the All-NBA third team over Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis. Both of these guys were All-Stars, by the way, and Rudy wasn't even the best player on Utah. God bless America. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> the last line. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. Um, I, I certainly wasn't disturbed by it. Um, and no, One thing that's interesting to me, too, is uh, there's still a lot of people that don't, think Rudy Gobert is Utah's best player, even though he has been for like four or five years. Uh, yeah, I, he's definitely their best player. I don't know, maybe towards the end of the season when Donovan Mitchell went on his post-Christmas tear, you could argue that Mitchell was better. But wire to wire, through and through over the past few years, he has been their best player. I mean, Gordon Hayward's contract here, I think there's certainly a case to be made for him there. But definitely over the last two seasons, there's there's no challenger. Yeah. How about Donovan Mitchell getting some votes? I, I mean, he was fantastic after Christmas. There's That's too soon, though. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't know if, if he would have made it. That's where the outrage comes in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would have voted for Clay Thompson before I would have voted for him for, for third team. But I, it's like we're splitting hairs here, which means that the voting was mostly fantastic. My only real snub was just I would have put Bradley Beal in over either of the two guys who made third team. All NBA. What was interesting, though, is, or I guess not interesting, but there are now uh, financial implications of how these All NBA teams shook out. The one that I think, the two that I think we can roll through quick, quickly is because it's not a team decision now. Cat uh, missed out on $32 million worth of contract incentives by not making an All NBA team. That just further proves there needs to be just, there needs to be a different way that we go about um, tying incentives to something and that All-NBA can at least not be considered a performance incentive anymore because of how, again, ambiguous the, the voting criteria slash process is. And then the other one is Clay Thompson is now not eligible for a Supermax. His contract options this year, five years, $189.7 million with the Warriors, or a four-year, $146.5 million deal with the Warriors. Other teams can offer him four years and $140.6 million. These are all max options. The the there's obviously wiggle room on how much they are actually worth. They can be worth less. I don't. I would have wanted him to make an All NBA team just for the decision of the Warriors. Uh, do they offer him that supermax or not? Because there's been since the beginning of the year those rumblings that he wouldn't give them a discount. And so even if they went five years and one ninety, but the two hundred twenty one million dollar option was available to them and they didn't offer it, at least I do just wonder if that would have bred some unexpected drama. That's why I'm a little bit – if I was going to vote for Clay Thompson, you know I root for chaos. And so him <laughs> making an all-NBA team would have been great for chaos. That that being the motivation for your vote would have been incredible. Um, I, I need you to clear something up for me because I, I was actually wondering this yesterday when everybody was talking about the different incentives that were missed and gained um, by making all-NBA. The fact that he's already made – all NBA in 14, 15, and 15, 16 doesn't matter. And the fact that he's already made all defense this season, none of that. I, what exactly are the qualifications? For the Supermax, so it's they either have to win Defensive Player of the Year or MVP, or you have to make the All-NBA team, an All-NBA team in the preceding season of your extension or in two of the oh. three preceding um, seasons of it. Okay. So that... And I might have just screwed up the language there, but that's basically the basis. He needed to make it this year because he didn't have the All-NBA volume in previous seasons. Okay. He needed it this year. Um, But wouldn't that have been interesting to see if the Warriors would have went as far as to offer him the $221.3 million deal? Yeah, it definitely would have been. And he's – I know we're going to get into this later, but he's he's another guy I probably wouldn't be comfortable giving that much money to. No, uh, not, not even like I, – I think you could say if you got to keep Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry for the same term as his contract, you could probably say, you know what, we'll eat it. But I absolutely – How much would it. their tax bill be on that, I wonder? I, it's just impossible to know without knowing if KD comes <laughs> back. But it would be absolutely ridiculous. We, I mean, everybody was um, gawking at the luxury tax numbers for the Rockets last summer and um, – as some of these Supermax contracts get signed, I wonder if, if we're going to 
go beyond what Houston or was it? It was OKC actually. I wonder if we're going to go beyond what OKC was doing tax wise before they figured out a way out of Melo's contract. Um, I will say though that had Clay gotten the supermax, him and Stephen Curry would have cost almost ninety five million combined in the final year of Steph's deal. <laughs> that's crazy. That's absolutely that's absolutely yeah. Crazy. You cannot. So so we before we started recording, we were saying you can't. Like there are very few situations where I think you can really comfortably justify the supermax. There's no way you can comfortably justify two. Well, it depends on the players that you have. If they're and we're gonna I don't know. If it's John Wall and Bradley Beal, absolutely not. But if it's you know, if it was Steph and and the Warriors had drafted KD and he was eligible for like that type of situation, you wouldn't pay both. And I mean, at this point, Durant's worth thirty five percent of the cap anyway, so you are basically giving him the yeah, that's true. Curry. And wouldn't you do that? Ninety five million for two players. Well, it'd be yeah. So and and what is it with three of them? Like one hundred and thirty. It would just one hundred forty. Um, in that same year, so should be about yeah, one hundred and forty five million. Wow. And there's no way the cap is going to be more than like 120, 25 by that time. By that year, I think the cap was slated to be in the one thirties. I'll, I'll, oh, okay. I'll re. I'll, I mean, still, you're you're blowing. Past yeah, if you're this over the cap yet. with three players, I I don't think that's tenable. Um, it was. It's, it's actually under one thirty, so one twenty seven point nine for the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season. <laughs> So you're about twenty million over the cap. Uh, are are you already into the luxury tax no, with ten, three players? You'd be about ten million dollars shy of the luxury tax. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I don't know. I think there are. I don't know if there's a single situation where I could say yes, I can pay two super max guys, even if it's Curry and Durant. Harry's Razors is helping Blue Wire listeners with a better shaving experience. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Enough with the cheap razors. Go try Harry's now. It's just $3 for our loyal listeners. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your official trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for only $3. The other guy who missed out on it, Bradley Beal, I actually find it more interesting that he missed because he can still get this deal if he makes it uh, next season. And so that's almost more dangerous because the contract ends up being the same length, but you're baking in an extra year at 35% of the salary cap. So instead of if Bradley Beal would have made an all NBA team this season, it would have been a four year deal worth about $190.1 million. And so now if if he were to make let's say he makes it next season the wizards keep him um that becomes double checking my math here really quick is a 5 year like 247.3 million dollar extension so his numbers are crazy it's it's interesting then though because the wizards now i almost find their decision tougher because there's a chance that Bradley Beal makes an all nba team next season unless you're just banking on being so bad that you don't think he'll gain consideration. But if John Wall is going to miss half the year, you you don't really have cap space. You might have to give new contracts to I, – I, are you going to re-sign Jeff Green and Bobby Portis and Trevor Ariza? Uh, you might have to pay Thomas Sedaransky. So would you have given him the four-year extension if he made an All-NBA team, or would you have traded him? Um. So, I don't know, we've probably even talked about this in episodes earlier, but I, I think at some point, or at one point, I was on board with trade all these guys if you can. Trade Wall, <laughs> trade Beal, trade Porter, and just start over. 
Um, I, I think my plan B was trade Porter and Wall and then build around Beal. And I think that's maybe still on the table. And and the numbers that you laid earlier on him are obviously ridiculous. If you have a guy that's in his how old is he now? Like twenty five. He's yeah, he twenty five years old. Yeah, he hasn't turned twenty six until June. He turns twenty six in June. He's already had a season in which he averaged twenty five, five and five. Just ridiculous. He's only missed um, five games over the past three seasons, too. Wow, I I didn't know that either. Um so he's he's obviously been ridiculous, and I think the thing that um, th- this came up a lot with the Blazers after they got swept by the Warriors, and and I think the natural reaction a lot of times for teams when they get knocked out of the playoffs, especially if they get knocked out quickly, is okay. We got to scrap this and try something else. But there's never there's never a guarantee you're going to have another guy like Damian Lillard who's that good and actually wants to stay there. In fact, the chances of that happening are very, very slim. And and right. so the same thing I think applies with Bradley Beal. Um, yes, it would be a tough pill to swallow to pay some of these guys the money that they're going to be eligible to be paid. But the alternative a lot of times is just, it's just worse. It, it's, it's something that you have to do. I think in a lot of these situations, um, and I know we'll talk about Gobert later, but he's maybe one of those ones where, like, it, just looking at the numbers um, on his contract and then the raw numbers that he puts up, you think, man, I, I, it would be hard to justify that. But what else do you do if you're one of these mid-market teams? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And it's and I would say, one, the Supermax isn't great, but one is workable because these players are going to get to a point where they're eligible for 35% of the cap anyway, and there's almost... Yeah value in getting it done earlier because they're one presumably younger and two then they're under contract for longer and so by the time they reach free agency again it's easier to not bring them back or offer them that much money it's it's removing i i do still think there's value in it and for all the reasons that you laid out it's certainly problematic but i think you can argue that one supermax is workable because the uh, you players make 35 percent of the cap this isn't a novel concept like this has just been part of the new collecting collective bargaining agreement so it's definitely it's an issue but it's all there's also if you i think for certain players you can even if they weren't no-brainer decisions there are just ways where it's not absolutely terrible and that's not exactly a rigging endorsement no of the model <laughs> which and oh go ahead i mean i was gonna say and um the track record of the contract for the guys who've actually gotten it. This is another thing we were talking about before we started recording. It's not great. Um, the, I don't think anybody would sign up for the rest of John Wall or the rest of Russell Westbrook's contract contract at this point. And we, we might feel the same way about Damian Lillard by the last couple of years of his deal. We might feel the same way by the end of Rudy Gobert's if he does get it. Um, but I, I still just don't know if, I don't know if the alternative of blowing it up and recycling every three years and just hoping you end up with another superstar level player is the way to go. So that brings the the players who are actually now eligible for supermaxes over the next two summers. We just talked about Damian Lillard, and for his extension would be four years, one hundred ninety one million dollars this year. It was they already by, offered that, didn't they? They're going off. Yeah, they're up to, according okay. to Yahoo Sports is Chris Haynes. Would you – so we don't have to predict whether or not he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Would you offer it? I I think for the reasons that you just laid out, I, I probably would. Yeah, I would too. And I, I think – how old will he be by the end of that contract? And what's the what's the number on that last year for salary? It takes him through his age 34 season. And his, <laughs> his final year will come, I believe, in 2024, 2025 at $52.9 million. Wow. Probably a player option that year, though, so maybe he declines it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here's the other thing. I don't think – I would be surprised if any of these guys are living up to that salary at that age. Um, But you probably still have to do it because if you get rid of Damian Lillard, then – you're you're back to square one and there's who knows how long you're going to be sort of waiting it out at that point 
I mean, look at how long the Suns and Kings have been in basketball purgatory. And those those organizations aren't obviously as well run as a, a team like Portland. But if you lose the star player that's willing to stay there, there's no guarantee you're going to get one back for like 20 years. And I think that's why now it's going to cost, unless this changes soon, uh, it's going to cost so much to offload salary into teams' cap space because what yeah. if they have these deals on the books or what if these are one of the deals that teams are trying to offload? And then also it's definitely going to increase the value of first-round picks because that's your best bite at the cost-controlled asset yeah. apple by that That's point. true. Yeah, for sure. Kemba Walker is... No. <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> so he... He could sign a five-year, $221.3 million deal with the Hornets. His regular bird max is five years, 190, which I think is iffy by itself. The, is Would you offer it? No. It's not a Damian Lillard situation. He's not a top 10 player. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit smaller. There's a chance because he's had to carry an absurd workload for basically his entire career. I never really had the co-star or the facsimile of a co-star that Damian Lillard has with had with C.J. McCollum in years prior, and I think we could say that McCollum, after what he did in the playoffs, was is at that level now. That his his game may not age well. This is Kemba, and that this contract, regardless of whether it's the full bird max or that or that super max, it's just not going to look great down the line. So we can agree he's he's not worth it. Do you think is is he also going to be thirty four and making over fifty million that season by the end? He just turned twenty nine. So if you go 29, 30, 31, 32, that takes him through his age 33 season. He'll be slightly younger. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you think the Hornets will offer it? That's a tougher question because I think they can probably go through the same reasoning that we just did with Portland. Um, but they're they're So the difference is they're not as they're not nearly as close to contention as Portland is. Um, Portland just made the Western Conference Finals. Charlotte just missed the playoffs altogether. So I think it's probably a little bit easier for them to talk themselves out of it. Would that's my that, <laughs> I know that was not an answer. I'm going to say no. They don't. Do you think they'll offer the full bird max five and one ninety? Uh, I I think Kemba's gone. I I don't know exactly how he leaves, but I think I think Kemba and the Hornets is, is over. Yeah, that was my snarky rebuke to that. That's how <laughs> so, so essentially, I'm saying he gets offered something that he's that's below that, and he just goes and signs for an, another team. Well, yeah, it's four teams with space can offer him four years and 140.6 million. I tend would you to, do that if you're a team like the Knicks? No, you can't. He has to be the player that puts you over the top, and so that's Utah, maybe Dallas. If if the Lakers are going to trade for Anthony Davis, then you can go ahead and sign Kemba if you strike out on on everybody else. But yeah. he can't be yeah. your lifeline if you're going to sign him to that deal. That said, if you're the Hornets and you're faced with losing him for nothing, and we know that Kemba, he's coming off that four-year, $48 million extension, so he's never really, by NBA standards, secured the bag. That is their ace in the hole, Charlotte. If they offer him either one... If, if it's the full bird max... Or maybe it's like an adjusted max where it's five years and two hundred million, so it's not the full super max. I I almost feel like they're going to offer it. They're not going to offer the super max, but I think they're going to offer at least the full bird max because that's the if you're Kemba Walker, why else would you stay? And so yeah, I I, he might still yeah. leave. I lean towards him leaving as well. I do think that they will offer him. At least the full bird max, not the full super max, but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a five two hundred number thrown out there. Whether he signs it's a, lot is a different money. story. If they offer him two hundred million, and I'm him, I'm I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Yeah, I probably. I mean, that would be hard to turn down. <laughs> Even with what we know about NBA players' earning potential, unless Walker really wants to get back to free agency in the next two years. Sign me up for five and two hundred if I'm him. I don't care yeah. what team. And he's he's like he's a guy that that would be harder to justify for. Like that makes sense with Kevin Durant, who knows he's going to get offered the max anytime he open or hits the open market. Um, I, I think Kemba Walker's agent would probably be wise to say, "Hey, if you've got two hundred million dollars on the table, you should probably take it." Now we're moving on to two other players now eligible for super maxes, not this summer, but in twenty twenty. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, will be 
will be eligible to sign a five-year extension worth $247.3 million next summer. One, would you give it to him? And two, will the Bucks give it to him? Um, this will probably be the only quick yes on both of those questions. We, I, so the thing about Giannis is we have seen some limitations here in the Eastern Conference finals. Um, and maybe, maybe that's overstating it because they only show up when he's being guarded by Kawhi Leonard, apparently. But the fact that he still doesn't really have a jump shot and he just sort of has to crash into traffic to get things done that obviously hasn't worked against the Raptors, but he's still, this is just his age 24 season. There's, there's plenty of time for him to show her up the one weakness that he has. And even with that one weakness, he just put up prime Kareem Abdul-Jabbar numbers um, as essentially a guard. I, I know he does a lot of posting up and a lot of dunking and things like that, but he's handling the ball from the top of the key. He's bringing it coast to coast. Um, for an, for a guy in his age 24 season to do 28, 13, and 6 in 33 minutes a game is just mind-boggling. Um, and, and like I said, there's still a couple areas where he can improve, and I think he's the kind of guy who will put in the work that he needs to to make those improvements. Um so by the end of this contract, when he's in his age 29 or 30 season or whatever it's going to be, I think there's still a chance that he's averaging like low 30s, double-digit rebounds, six or seven assists. Um, he, he's a guy where it's going to be worth it, and I would be I would be surprised if Milwaukee did not offer it. I think I agree with everything you said there. Their finances would get dicey very quickly if they have to max out Middleton this year on four or five years, and then I still think there's a chance that someone throws 22 to – to max money at Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. So if you have, you know, Middleton and Brogdon on the books for that first year of Giannis's new deal at a total of, let's say it could be close to 60. And then you add Giannis's 42 point, um, or whatever the, the number is that first year salary. And you're, you're all of a sudden just really blowing past it. That first, first year number is 42.6 million. And so all of a sudden you're over a hundred million dollars to three players better than, over $140 million to three yeah. players, of course. I wonder if uh, I wonder if this will change team building at all because for a long time it's been like we have to get two or three, at least two and preferably three stars. And if you're the Warriors, you get four. Um, I, I wonder if there will be some teams now who, who say, I wonder if we can win big with one player who's a top three to five guy and then a lot of sort of single and double hitters after that. Um, and, it, and I don't know how I don't know how that would go over with a star player either because we hear all the time this you know player X wants more help and player X doesn't think the team is doing enough to get him help and you know blah blah blah. But w- w- with the size of these contracts, I wonder if some teams are going to have to at least look at an alternative strategy. Yeah, there needs to, there are so many different things that can happen. But maybe you know if Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors, that opens the door for teams to sort of follow that model because all of a sudden even if they they're they're still going to be really good but now you don't have that inevitable winner in the fold and so maybe teams aren't as hell-bent on getting you know making that cp3 like play where they acquire the superstar knowing they they have to pay him like that that second star anyway the other things the nba could do this is in the next cba do you look at you can't get rid of the salary cap in the nba just because it skews advantages towards big markets too much do you get rid of max salaries though because I think you can, if you get rid of max salaries, then star players aren't going to, or they logistically cannot gripe about not having enough help because it is all relative to what they're getting paid. And so I think they can still bristle right now if you're, you know, if you're Giannis and Chris Middleton leaves and, or, or if you're that single star, you can gripe about not having enough help, even if you are getting the full boat because your salary has been capped. That might be something else that they could look at. That would be dangerous. I'm I'm pro player, and I think you tend to be pro player as well too. But when you look at how doltish some of these front offices and ownership groups are, getting rid of um the max salary would be wildly dangerous for more than a handful of franchises. And I'll leave yeah. you at that point right there. <laughs> I yeah, that would be a tough one 
for me because I I would not be surprised to see some crazy owner say, well, let's pay him ninety million just to you know be outside the box, and then their team is screwed for four or five years. Yeah, when the Lakers um, offer fifty million to Bojan Bogdanovich or something. <laughs> uh, Bill Simmons actually had an interesting idea the other day on a podcast. Um, what if you had like, um, and I don't know if he had a term for it, but if it was something like a practical max and a cap max or something like that, where you can you can pay a player sixty million per year, but it only counts towards thirty five percent of your cap or something like that. I think I think that gets into what you were saying earlier that that that's too much of an advantage for big market teams. Like that's a lot easier for somebody like the Lakers to do than it would be for the nuggets or the jazz. Um, but that was at least an intriguing idea to me. Well, if, if it's only applying to supermax players and not just any free agents, we get into the issue of can small market teams afford to do that. Yeah. But still yeah. that, that I actually don't, I, I, or excuse me, I actually really like that idea then because it, you are incentivizing then in a more productive way for these superstar players to stay in the small markets and still giving yourself the flexibility to rebuild. I might take it a, a, a step further and say, again, only applies to these designated veteran contracts and extensions, and maybe you make it so it's like 28% of the cap instead of um, yeah. that $60 million mark. And so that then incentivizes small market teams to spend, but also those star players to stay. Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, when he brought it up. It would be tough for certain teams to foot the bill, I'm sure, but uh, it's it was interesting nonetheless. We have two players left, and I say two because I feel like people have forgotten about the last one. But we're going to move on to Rudy Gobert, and I, I want you to say it. I, I need you to <laughs> you need to make the definitive decision. Rudy Gobert next summer because NBA the NBA lets you combine All NBA selections and Defensive Player of the Year awards. He will be eligible for that same five-year, $247.3 million Jeez. extension that Giannis Antetokounmpo can sign. Um, what are you doing if you're the Jazz, Andy? That's a tough one. And Oh, come on! <laughs> so... Here, I think you. I think they probably have to do it regardless, and it's the same reasoning that I offered for the Blazers. He's their best player. Um, it looks. I mean, you know, by all outward appearances, it looks that he like he enjoys being in that market. Um, his basic numbers are never going to jump off the page. It, they should, but a lot, to a lot of casual fans, they do not. Um, but I just I. <laughs> I don't know if the alternative is worth it for Utah. I think it's closer to a no-brainer if they sign somebody significant or trade for somebody significant this summer. And then you're sort of all in and you say, okay, we're, we're, we're really pushing our chips in and we're going to go for it for the next four or five years. If they, if they whiff on free agency this summer and they you know tell everybody that it's continuity again, then I think maybe it's a little bit tougher – pill to swallow but either way i'm i'm probably gonna go with yes for him even though 50 plus million at age 31 i think will be the last year of his contract especially with um a type of player and 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 a big man that's maybe i mean who knows what the center position is even going to be in five years um Maybe most centers at that point are like six nine, six ten, and can run pick and rolls and shoot threes and pass. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he's going to be as dominant or as important as he has been for the last three or four years by the end of that contract. Uh, but the alternative to me is, is you lose your most valuable player, your most impactful player, and I don't know how long it takes you to recover from that. I'm just going to let you know that the last year of that extension would be his age 33 season, not age 38. Oh, my and, gosh. <laughs> and, look, it's different for the Hornets with Kemba Walker because they don't have an heir apparent there. The Jazz are going to have Donovan Mitchell, and what we know— But I don't on, think he's a sure thing. Look, I mean, I, I still think he has a ton of potential. I don't know if his potential is—I um, I don't know if his potential impact is as high as Gobert's is right now. Which— fine but that still gives you unless he bottoms out next season an heir apparent and i think furthermore and this is the business as aspect of it 
And for someone who's pro player, if Rudy Gobert can get that money, great for Rudy Gobert. What we know about the big man market, regardless of how valuable they are, I'm yeah. not funneling that much money into a big man. And you know what? I'm daring him to go into the open market to get anyone to even max him out on a four-year contract in yeah. 2021. 20, so, and look, I, I, this is a function of the salary cap and max salaries, so I can't criticize the Jazz for this. But just in a vacuum, I'm not paying Rudy Gobert Giannis Attentacumbo money when yeah. he's going to be older than Giannis Attentacumbo as well. I think that's totally fair. There, there's a there's sort of a fringe benefit to treating your homegrown guys a certain way too, where I think it maybe reverberates throughout the league. And I think Utah wants to present itself as that team that's you know treats its guys well, um, and and will reward loyalty, all that stuff. Um, but all the points you made are very very valid, especially that last one. When you put it in, I'm not sure I want to pay, pay Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo money. Um, yeah, I don't, that, that's a hard one to get by for just about anyone. I would, I would think the final player that I think has fallen by the wayside, Anthony Davis, despite not making an all NBA team still eligible for the five year, $221.3 million, uh, super max extension since he made two all NBA teams in, in 16, 17 and 17, 18, both were first team selections, by the way, I, I wasn't sure. I can't, re- I couldn't remember if there was a second team selection in one of those two years, if I'm the Pelicans now after Zion, like that's the that's the meeting. If David Griffin and Anthony Davis were meeting in LA the other day, like that's what you're saying. It's like, no, you don't just have to have faith in us rebuilding the roster around you. This this money is still right here. And if he still wants to go to the Knicks or Lakers at that point, then it's a lost cause because he's not prioritizing basketball fit over everything else. I'm not saying the Pelicans will be contenders right away. I think their long-term outlooks right now are rosier than both the Lakers and the Knicks. In Los Angeles, their title window is both predicated on LeBron uh, remaining superhuman uh, and also signing another star in free agency because I don't think that Davis and LeBron by themselves, they're they're relevant in the West. I don't think they win a title unless... A, uh, you can't even say a few of those young guys pop because the Lakers will have to get rid of most of their yeah. youngsters. And then the Knicks, their entire title window is just based off getting players they don't already have. Yeah. So... I'm I'm very interested to see what happens with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans now. I ultimately think he'll still get traded, but you still offer him the Supermax to me if you're David Griffin and, and the front office. And now you have Zion Williamson to back it up. You can get cap space this summer if you want it. You have Drew Holiday. I, I suddenly find, and this isn't, again, it's not just because of the Supermax. That was always going to be there. But after winning the lottery, after the moves David Griffin has made, hiring Trajan Langdon, poaching the... The Suns' um, player uh, training to staff, basically. Excuse me, I can't. I'm just stuttering over here. I'm And what Gail Benson has just done in, in general, where it seems that the Pelicans are really a priority in trying to create a dichotomy between them and the Saints organization, I'm just very intrigued to see how this all plays out. I am too. And basketball-wise, I think Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, and Drew Holiday is a heck of a top three. Um two or three years from now, you, you could potentially say we have three top 20 players. So I, I think basketball-wise, it makes a ton of sense. But my answer on this one is really short. Um, I think New Orleans will offer it. I don't think Davis takes it. And I at this point, I think he's going to get traded at the deadline. I don't think they're going to do it this offseason. I, I think they probably go into the season hoping that they can convince him to stay. Nothing changes. And then they move him at the deadline knowing we got to get something for this guy. I know. This would probably be a good place to wrap it up with this question. Aside from Anthony Davis, because I think I agree with you, except I'm not. I, I do think he'll get traded before the season. I hope he doesn't, though, just for the content. Because yeah. also kudos to David Griffin for, for going that route if, if he does uh, and trying to sell Anthony Davis. What if Zion ends up being just a, one of the best rookies we've ever seen and the Pelicans are just right in the thick of the playoff race and the Lakers have struck out in free agency yeah. uh, and, and so have the Knicks? So I wouldn't. I'm not against that gamble. I don't know if they'll ultimately make it. Aside from Anthony Davis, though, of all the players we just mentioned, and let's you can even loop Bradley Beal in there. Let's say he's eligible next next summer. When they're offered the extensions, be it this year or next year, who is most likely to turn it down? Uh, that's got to be Davis. I, well, I, I, I was imagine. saying aside from Davis. Oh, I man, I don't know if any of those guys would turn it down. 
my my pick, and I don't feel confident about it, is Giannis. There's a part of me that really wants to go with actually Kemba, whereas he's been in such a bad situation for yeah. so long. I think I think every one of these guys are it, given their situations. That would be so hard to turn that down. If Even you if you're Kemba, them. I mean, the fact that they've been in kind of a rough situation for a few years is, you know, maybe he wants to get away from that. And maybe when you're dealing, I mean, it's just basically play money at that point anyway. Um, I don't know what the practical lifestyle difference is between making 140 million and 250. I mean, that's obviously a huge leap, but all these guys make tons of money off the court too. So, and, and, and we've seen that with a lot of players that it's, it's, the decision is about more than money for a lot of these guys, but that, that is a lot to leave on the table. I, I, and, and for Giannis, I think he's, it seems like he's very much into Milwaukee. I know a lot of players are that way for their first few years in the league. And then it, you know, at some point it shifts, but, um, he's a, he's another guy that I could see. I know this is exceptionally rare now, but he's a guy I could see playing his entire career for one team. I'm actually now, after equivocating 100% with you, but I'm going to pick because I'm not, I'm not a coward. Uh, Kemba, <laughs> because his situation is... The other guys, when you look at Damian Lillard, Portland's not a bad situation to be in. The Bucks are right now, you know, even if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're, they still came within a stone's throw of the, the NBA Finals. Yeah. And they look like they're set up to be good for a while. Bradley Beal gets interesting if he qualifies next year just because the Wizards are not a great situation. He Yeah, maybe if they're still a train wreck. But I'm going to go with Kemba because two playoff appearances in eight years, I could see him prioritizing basketball fit. Or maybe even is it just the chance to play with LeBron in a bigger market? So even if you're not, even if the situation doesn't end up being spectacular, you're still in L.A. And then your off-court yeah. earning potential, I would assume – skyrockets a little bit though what it gets it gets awkward right if he leaves and, and he's he's a, an endorser of the the jordan brand it might yeah yeah it certainly might um all right did we did we have anything else we wanted to cover uh this will date this podcast but let, let, let's see how many people get to the end anyway predictions for raptors bucks game six we got um i'm gonna take raptors so am I. I would just like to say if the Raptors make the NBA Finals, this is my victory lap right now. I did not, even though I said I was tempted to pick Milwaukee to come out of the East over the course of the year, I stuck with my preseason pick all season. And shout out to you. I, I can I can back that up. I was the reason I'm taking the Raptors on preseason predictions, and this might be the one. <laughs> the, the last three games, I feel like a pattern has been established that nothing's nothing's happening to make me think it's going to change. Um, Kawhi on Giannis has just been a it's it's been a question or an issue that the Bucks haven't been able to solve. Um, and I don't I don't know how exactly they solve it. I still think they can maybe run more pick and roll and just hope that Kawhi switches off of him. Um, but I there's there's just so many uh, indicators pointing towards the Raptors winning at this point. Milwaukee is averaging point. 8.6 points per possession when Atentacumpo is defended by Kawhi Leonard. He is shooting this, tra- this tracking data is always a little bit wonky, but Giannis is shooting 35.5% against Kawhi, 11 of 31. And then we talked about this and you wrote about this. Uh, their half-court the Bucks offensive rating in this series, when you filter out garbage time per cleaning the glass, 0.83 points per half court possession then so it's even worse than when Giannis Crazy. is defended by Kawhi yeah yeah not a, not a lot of great signs um for the Bucks, but we will see on Saturday uh until next time as always we urge you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast um if you have done that already obviously you need to tell your friends and family if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. The show is at Hardwood Knox. Dan is at Dan Favalli, F-A-V-A-L-E. Um, and as always, we leave you with the shout-out to Ben Udry and Kyle Anderson. <laughs>